Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Squanderlust, the podcast about the emotional side of money, why our actions aren't always as good as our intentions and what we can do about it. I'm your host, Martha Lawton. Today is a topical episode, as in the UK it's the new tax year and so we're talking taxes, specifically how our guest is here to help you get your taxes done with way less stress and just a better experience all round. But we're also going to be talking about starting and growing a business and about using tech in a way that connects humans together and actually makes our lives easier instead of just creating more atomization, isolation and that sense that all we ever do is type things into a screen. So even though we're talking taxes, this episode is really all about people. So for all that, I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, co-founder and CEO of Tax Scouts, it's Tram Abramoff. Tram, welcome to the show. Tell our listeners a bit about yourself. Hi, Martha. Thanks for, for having me. I uh, appreciate all the kind words, by the way. Um, <laughs> but about myself, uh, super straightforward. Uh, I'm an Estonian living in London, married, uh, have a dog, have been living here for the probably most of my adult life now. Uh, most of my waking hours, as you already mentioned, what I'm doing, uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Tax Scouts, a company that helps people sorting uh, sorting their taxes. Uh, if I'm not doing that, I uh, do love uh, running. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a mission. A mission is a strong word, but I want to <laughs> finish a marathon uh, in every continent. I've managed three so far, Africa, Europe, uh, and Northern America. And occasionally I kite surf. Uh, wow. Other than that, consider me to be your typical product geek uh, in a tech world, meaning I'm fascinated by anything uh, that you can solve with technology and kind of a curious person by, by nature. And that's pretty much it. Fantastic. What kind of dog? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a Jack Russell, uh, Jack Russell mix. Uh, very, very small, lots of personality. She she runs the household. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's sadly the way it is. If we had any idea what, what happened when we decided to get the dog, then uh, we probably would have a second thoughts about it. Uh, but no, not regretting the decision in any, any shape or form. Amazing. We literally sent her away for this podcast for a day that she wouldn't be barking in the background. So it's... <laughs> Well, we're, we're grateful, but um, if you can send us pictures for the show notes, we'd love that. <laughs> I certainly will. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so um, it's great to meet you. Um, tell us a bit about Tax Scouts. What do you guys do? Uh, well, as you as you already mentioned, uh, I think it's fair to say we're probably in the most boring industry since since or after funeral directors, if you, if you will. We <laughs> we help people with taxes. Uh, but what we do is really, really, really simple. What we are trying to do is letting anyone get their taxes sorted with as little stress and effort and cost as, as possible. So uh, what this means, what tax cuts does, is that anyone can sort their taxes online uh, with us uh, by a certified professional uh, for a very low fixed fee, £119. Uh, in fact, regardless of their situation. So from that perspective, what we do is, is really simple. We sort people's taxes. 
But I think uh, the longer answer to this question will take more than an hour. <laughs> I get the, in our case, the, the magic really happens in the background. I think the real question is how we're able to mm. uh, do all of it, well, uh, about which I'm more than happy to talk about later, uh, later in the podcast. Sure. I mean, well, you've kind of given us a segue a bit about the how. So, yeah, tell, mm. us, a li- tell mm. us a little bit about the how. Go on. Yeah. Uh, and I think maybe it's it's worth bringing up as to kind of how we how we got started with uh, with tax cuts to begin with. I mean, as I mentioned already, uh, I'm an Estonian, uh, and uh, I'm used to doing my taxes online with with a couple of clicks. Meaning, this is how I <laughs> I grew up with, if you if you will. And <clears throat> I had to do maybe six years ago for the first time the taxes here in the UK for the first time, and I realized that while uh, taxes are still done online uh, here, which is great, uh, but it was still a little bit too much effort and my tax situation was not super straightforward as well and I just had no idea where to turn to. I ended up looking for uh, services that I can find online that does it for me, but there weren't any. Is the, <laughs> That was the challenge. I mean, you, you had plenty of uh, accountant services that helped you, uh, but they were mostly your kind of typical traditional things. So, I, uh, as I had just quit my a few months back, my uh, my previous uh, job uh, as, a, as a product guy, I ended up having a pint with my co-founder, uh, Dan, who is our CTO, uh, and complain about this. That's <laughs> literally how things got started, is that I had to have to do taxes. And Dan is born and bred Londoner, so he... Uh, is probably one of the few people I know who actually loves doing his taxes. And I mean, he's short of volunteering doing them for me. Anyway, we ended up getting into discussions that, I, that, that there must be a better way. I mean, as cliche as it sounds, that it ended up being true. And one thing led to another. And we just started discussing, like, mm, like if we had an idea how to do this, would it be possible to, to get it done? And... Uh, Fast forward about the month, a third friend of mine joined the conversation, Kaupo, uh, who joined as a third co-founder. And we just basically decided, you know what, let's give it a go. Why just keep talking about this uh, over a course of four weeks and just see if we can actually build something that sorts this problem where people can do their taxes uh, as quickly and, and easily uh, as possible. So that's how we kind of got started. But to your original question, sorry, I don't want to digress too much that's as great. to what's the magic or how, how we're doing it. Is the, the funny thing is that like 80% of our service is actually never seen by our customers. What our customers see, they see two things. They see our nice, flashy uh, website and a simple app where they kind of answer a couple of questions and get connected to an accountant. But 80% of our product customers will never see, touch and hear about. And what this product really is or what this service really is in the background we have this automation platform of accountants work and why is the kind of the secret source of tax codes if you will is is when we realize that the cost of getting a tax professional has absolutely nothing to do with the fact uh, that people assume it has which is their tax expertise and knowledge etc nothing it has everything to do with their day-to-day admin, the most boring mm. stuff on the planet, like, I don't know, sending invoices, collecting, collecting data, structuring information, issuing payments, like things that are not really that demanding intellectually, if you will. It's for sure not why you're becoming a tax expert. And... Uh, but they take 80% of their time or more. And what we realized is most of those things have already had already been automated to some extent or the other with different online various platforms. And what we did just kind of pulled it all together. So as a result, what we really do is that on the surface of it to customers, it is simple tax platform. You're connected to an accountant. Your taxes end up being sorted for a very, very low price. Uh, but in reality... We are just a massive automation engine for tax experts that by automating the work for those experts, we're able to pass on those savings uh, to our customers. And that's it. And there is no rocket science behind there whatsoever. I mean, it's like it's not as if sending uh, a rocket to Mars, uh, but it's 
tediously boring and a lot of details uh, need to go into it to actually to make it happen. I think, and I think we're the kind of the first ones to approach this problem, problem this way. Okay, so what you're doing is running the business side of the accountancy business, a lot of it, so that the tax experts can focus on being tax experts. Am I getting that right? Or a lot, a, a lot of that? I wish, I wish I had said it the same way you just did, Martha. <laughs> but in a sense, yes. I mean, it's, I mean we're not running the... Just we're, not clear, running the we're not running the, kind the, of the entire business for yeah. the tax expert. Exactly. But we're basically taking care of the kind of the day-to-day admin uh, of any tax expert when they have to do with uh, individuals and their taxes. So we basically take the form of their plate so they can focus on the stuff that really, really matters. I mean, this is why people are finding the experts, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, they want help, they want interaction, they want assistance, they want the assurance and that the mm. stuff gets done right. And that's what they're good at, right? So why should they spending time uh, in the 21st century on the stuff that we literally built the computers for. So the, yeah. that's the kind of the thinking behind our uh, behind our service. And by the way, thank you for asking. I get really excited talking about this. And I know I can talk way too long about this. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I'm a giant nerd as well. So like I'm always interested in how things work too. So this, this is, yeah, no, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Um, so... You know, how did you go about checking that you had a viable business before you started? Because obviously you said it's a lot of work to put it all together. People haven't done it before. How did you know this was going to fly? Honest answer, we didn't. (laughs) 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 I think initially when you you start, I mean, we... uh, let me put this. We we built up the the seriousness of our business or the business aspects of our business way after we had actually launched. I think that's the that's the fair way of putting it. I, I think what we more had is that, does this make sense from the perspective of someone who wants to get their taxes done, right? Meaning is that, does this make sense for, I mean, are we solving a real problem and are we doing it well? So we looked at it purely from the perspective of the, the customer. And as I mentioned, being like a, a product nerd is that this is what was interesting and challenging. And the business aspect of it, if I'm really honest, we only started looking more seriously into this once we had launched the uh, product and see, hey, you know what? People actually like it. There must be something in it. And uh, we uh, ended up being in a situation where we had done this mostly basically out of our own pocket uh, for a few months. And we realized, okay, if we want to do this thing seriously, we need to raise some money from the from the investors. And, and they started asking all of those questions about the business that, Oh wait a second! I think I should have an answer to this. Is the kind of so what's your kind of viable path for profitability? And like, what is what are your scaling plans? And how does this model work in different countries? And even like, we kind of came up with this after we had actually done uh, the launch of the service. So initially, it was mostly about does it work for our customers? Are we happy with what it does? The answer to this was yes. And in retrospect, we ended up being lucky. In many ways, by focusing on the on the on the customer first, by seeing that the kind of the business side of uh, things fall uh, falls into place as well. But again, coming back to the original question, how do you know it's it's a viable business? Uh, I'd like actually to, if there are any listeners who are uh, trying to start their own thing or starting their own thing, is that I would actually separate uh, what was a big gotcha or aha moment for me is that. I, I would separate two things. Uh, one thing is that whether you have a profitable business and another thing is that whether you have a viable business. And those two things are not necessarily the same. You can have a business that's completely viable uh, but is not profitable yet, but you can have a business uh, that is not profitable and will never be viable, does not, like, regardless of what you're doing. So a lot of uh, startups, we are a startup, we're backed by venture capitals, uh, capitalists, uh, is that we're not a profitable business and we have no intention of being a profitable business. But the way we look about the viability of our business is looking at if we did exactly the same thing we're doing right now, but we do did it, let's say, at 10x the scale, meaning we did it 10 times more, would this mean that we would be more sustainable or less sustainable in terms of what our bank balance looks like? Meaning, are we going to be burned through more cash or less cash? And the answer in our case is that 
because inherently our business model is sustainable and it's only the question of at what volumes we're doing things, uh, we, we have a sustainable business. And once you get to the moment when you can show uh, to yourself that what you do actually makes sense in a spreadsheet uh, in terms of this is how much you're spending money per user, this is much how they're bringing back to you, it answers um, automatically a lot of questions uh, that are normally would be raised and a lot of friction goes away. But more importantly, it gives you a lot of, a lot of con uh, conviction, I guess, uh, in terms of that you're doing the right thing. And it took us a while to kind of to get to the understanding of, of what we're doing. So in that sense, being an entrepreneur uh, has been very much being like an MBA course <laughs> into, uh, for, for all the three founders in terms of different parts of the, of the business. But short answer to your question, how do, how, how do we go about it? It's, it's extremely crucial, but I think the only thing we really focus on is that we focus on the sustainability of the business model, and that's what we care about in the end. We care less about whether we are profitable right now uh, or not, mostly because our ambitions is to sort everyone's taxes in Europe, not just here in the here in the UK, uh, and in Spain, as we are right now. And getting there uh, is going to take an awful lot of capital. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what have been some of the challenges you've come across with uh, with founding your own company? Oh, that's a really great question, and uh, it's. And it's probably the most difficult one to answer as well, if I'm really honest with you, uh, mostly because like you have a lot of challenges that are like a routine business as usual, that are nothing, nothing really special. But I would say three challenges and they're very, very different uh, categories. The challenge number one, I, I would say actually is a, was more of a personal channel, channel uh, challenge is that I don't think I appreciated the impact that is going to have on my family uh, from the, from the get go, meaning you end up being uh, thinking about this 24-7. It's not something that you go home at 6 and you switch off. Uh, you wake up on like Saturday nights, Sunday nights. The, f the first thing you think about, something about the, about the business. And whether you admit it or not, you kind of your family by default, if you don't put conscious effort into this, goes into the background, right? And... Like it took me, honestly, it took me two years to to realize that this is what I'm doing. I literally had to be told that this that this is not uh, like this is not okay. I mean, this is, and I think that was probably the biggest challenge challenge personally to literally to put myself into place to understand that, that I'm really passionate about doing tax scouts, but I but I have a family and I need to make sure that I'm there for them, and. Uh, I don't think I would have done this if I would have not been told both by my friends and by my family that I'm that I'm doing this. And I've seen a, there was a good article uh, on uh, on the interwebs that I read recently, which was not about the CEOs of the company, but it was about uh, their wives and husbands uh, and in terms of how it is to live with a with a co-founder. Uh, or a founder of, of the company. And I found this to be one of the most inspiring articles I've read uh, in a while because it resonated with me so, 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 so strongly. So that certainly has been the challenge number one. Uh, the second thing I think is, uh, like when you, I'm a first time founder, so half of the time I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, but when you are <laughs> building your career, <laughs> yeah, thank you. But when you're building your career, is that you normally like you're in a discipline. You're doing marketing, or you are a uh, driver, or you are like you're doing something that's your trade, and you know what you're doing, and you're learning on the on the job. And I think the second biggest challenge is when you're founder by default, especially doing this for the first time, half of the time you have no clue what you're what you're doing really. Is that you're learning on the job, and you need to be the kind of the uh, jack of all trades. It doesn't work for some people. Uh, I'm a happy-go-lucky type of guy anyway. So for me, it was kind of fine. I took it uh, with stride. But that didn't make me any more competent in those areas that, <laughs> that I was supposed to be handling. So in retrospect, I think the big challenge is the uh, knowing when you shouldn't touch something uh, when you have Ooh. no right of touching it, right? Is the, and as a, in, in a sense that, like there are some areas of the business that I, I shouldn't touch with a ten foot pole, 
right? Is the uh, mostly because if I'm going to get involved in there, I'm just going to break everything. And knowing when you ask for help and uh, not ask for help is extremely, extremely, extremely crucial uh, for us. And for me, and that was the kind of the challenge because initially you want to do everything yourself. You want to be kind of elbow deep uh, in everything. But uh, I think we have been lucky, uh, mostly because of my great co-founders who are much more, what do you call, as far as finances, for example, go. They're much more uh, savvy uh, than I am. I'm not saying I'm ignorant, but I think they know how to run the operations much better than I do. And uh, I think that was a massive challenge. I tried to do everything myself. Uh, instead of getting help, both from the co-founders and the and the people around you, and I think the third thing, and mis- this has more to do with uh, with the business itself, is if you think, and and maybe this is more relevant to the kind of the size of the business we are. We're like just over forty people right now, uh, and like how it sounds fluffy, but yes, all the business problems aside, but what in the end ends up mattering is the team that you're working with because this is why your company exists and if they are not there fully, then it's just not, not going to work. And how do you create an environment that actually people want to come into? And especially in the middle of this this, this pandemic is the like creating an environment where people are happy to come into, uh, into work or have Zoom calls nowadays, I guess. Uh, that was, that's a massive challenge in the, in the middle of a pandemic. And mm, I think the way we ended up addressing it is kind of having a very general principle is that we know that people have personas, meaning is that I'm Tram the husband, I'm Tram the CEO, I'm Tram uh, the best friend. We kind of have an agreement that like you can be whoever you want, whatever your persona is, like don't need, don't feel the need to create a separate persona of Tram the CEO at tax scouts uh, it can be the same person who is tram the husband or uh, tram the colleague and kind of minimizing the gap between who you really are uh, who you are here uh, with the team and i think that has helped us a lot in terms of kind of getting through uh, a the pandemic and b putting the kind of the situation uh, being in a situation where people actually enjoy working here so in other words I think the three challenges mostly have been soft ones, if you think, right? Meaning the personal challenges, like how do you, what it does to your family. The second thing is like knowing where and when not to get involved. I made a lot of mistakes there <laughs> in the beginning and I think we're lucky still to be around. And three is that how you how you make sure that the team actually wants to come in every day and, and do this with, with joy and they don't end up being in this place that you see, I don't know, in the, uh, you know, the series, The Office, where it's like you think, oh, my God, this happens at my place. Uh, you don't want yeah, that. Yeah. No, no. That's a that's a great set of answers. We're going to take a little break there. And when we come back, we'll talk about some of the more rewarding things. And we'll talk a bit about um, my experiences as a Tax Scouts customer. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll get into some of that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, so I asked you before the break what were the challenges and um, true to this story of it being all actually about people, you said a lot of the challenges <laughs> were about people. Um, but what have been some of the most rewarding things about running Tax Scouts? Uh, ah, that's a great question, Martha, by the way. Um, let, me, let me just give it a second of, of a thought. But I think uh, I'm going to come back to people again. Uh, is the, the, because in the end, this is this is what it's about. But I mean, yeah, there are this kind of the the small things. Like I can think of a, like particular moments that I this is amazing. Uh, like one when we got our first customer review, for example, is it? Oh, that's a real person who was actually using us and like uh, telling us great things about their service. And like you keep rereading it, what is what is being told about? I mean, it's 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 feel silly in retrospect now that you have like thousands of thousands of reviews but i mean i, I was probably most excited about that uh, or of course it's the same thing i mentioned already uh us deciding to fund the business by by institutional capital and like when someone actually writes you a check that has a lot of awful lot of zeros behind that i mean <laughs> it, it feels really scary and you say oh crap like this is serious now we, we really we really have to do it so there are moments like this or the the first person joining the the company because like until then it's you three friends doing a business and then all of a sudden it's okay now we need to start acting like like we know what we're doing so let's so there are a lot of moments like this but i think over time what has been the most rewarding thing uh is mm, is not necessarily a bit that like you're growing the business and things are going great and you're operating in multiple countries and growing the team. But I think the feedback, meaning is that you're actually doing something good. I mean, we are a business, so I'm, I'm putting my hands hand up here. We have to be a sustainable and long-term profitable thing. But if you are able to see that what you're doing actually impacts people's lives and impacts in a, in a, in a positive way, it really puts you in a position where you're happy waking up in the morning and, and doing this. And in a particular example, one of the most surprising things for us, what we didn't expect, is that I think uh, when people think tax costs, they think about people whose stress of taxes uh, were taken away and whose taxes were doing. But uh, there is kind of the, what I call the hidden side to us as well, which I think is even more fascinating, is the like, we have a network of accountants that we work with uh, who are helping our customers to get their taxes sorted. And what most people don't know is that the vast majority of accountancy firms in UK and across Europe as well, they're small firms. They're like one to five people, uh, tops. And uh, they're not not all here in London, where I'm based, right? They're everywhere, like uh, Scotland, Midlands, uh, etc. And they have had, uh, especially with the pandemic, like particularly challenging times, right? Meaning is that you're going to, like, people are coming into your office uh, for help, but that just overnight disappears. And what particularly has made me feel really, really happy is that when you can see that you're not only helping your, your, your customers, but you're genuinely helping uh, your uh, partners, uh, with that makes a literal difference in terms of how they're how they're running the business. Uh, I'm going to give you like one example is that one of our very very first partners we worked with, uh, who who by the way, uh, <laughs> when he joined us, uh, uh, that was a funny story itself, which I'm actually going to quickly talk about. Is we just had an idea, we didn't have uh, a product out there, and I called the guy. I found him on the internet because he had great reviews and said, "Listen, we're launching this new product. We need someone." Uh, who is going to be doing people's taxes. We don't have anything yet. We don't know much about taxes ourselves, but uh, are you willing to basically uh, start working with us starting tomorrow? And uh, you could see here the hesitation, like, who are you? Why are you calling me? What do you want from me? Is that you, you're basically promising me the moon and the stars of all the business we're going to bring you, but how many customers do you have now? Zero. Uh, anyway, he joined. 
uh, and he took a massive gamble joining Tax Cuts uh, because it like we were like guys from nowhere, and uh, and when we launched, it went really, really, really well. He is now one of our most established uh, partners with us. Uh, has hundreds, I want to say thousands of uh, customers. I think it's probably low thousands, hundreds. Anyway, uh, he's he's super happy, and we. Had a pint with him uh, maybe a year or two after he had joined with us. And I was like, how is it going? Because what I wanted to get is like true feedback of how it is really working with us. Is just kind of the hype that I'm hyping to, to everyone that we are a fantastic partner to work with. But and the uh, feedback they gave me is uh, like, you literally kind of have transformed my business in the sense that uh, it generates us uh, like, a consistent stream of income that I don't have to worry about. Uh, we were able to hire more people to focus on those things. And like you listen to this and think, is it, you know what? I've been telling this to everyone, but I mean, deep inside, I have been uncertain that whether this is actually the case. But when someone actually tells you that, you know what, you are having an impact on, on, on people's lives and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy. And another example is just think of it is the, uh, one of our partners, absolutely fantastic, a person, uh, and she's based in Scotland, uh, and uh, she is a stay-at-home mom, or uh, is a stay-at-home mom, but uh, she used to work uh, in the office before uh, before she had kids. But she wanted to continue doing her trade because she's really, really excellent at it, kind of. And there wasn't really a way for her to do this. And we are literally the only, not the only, but one of the. Uh, very few ways of someone being able to continue uh, doing what they're what they're good at. So, so those things, in a sense, when you feel that you're helping the small businesses that are not here in London, and also is that when you're helping people with being able to do the stuff that they can't really otherwise uh, do. Uh, I, I know it sounds cheesy and stuff, but I mean, if if we wouldn't have that element of our business. I honestly think it would have would be really, really much harder for me to wake up every morning and kind of be excited about what we're doing. So it's not it's not that getting people's taxes sorted is not unimportant. It is massively important. I mean, we're getting literally thousands of reviews from our customers about that. But I think is that you're doing something more than just building a business, I guess, right? And it's difficult to build to say that we are kind of emission driven or, or whatnot. Is it you want to see that you have impact. You want to see that you're changing something for the better. And you want to think, especially as a founder, that if you do something, then if you're doing or if you wouldn't be doing it, the world would be worse off. And I think that's a very egoistic way of looking at things. But I think that probably is the is the thing for us. So, yeah, I think the accountant side of things was a huge surprise for us in terms of, uh, of kind of the biggest reward for me is probably is I'd, I'd say is that at least emotionally if it makes sense yeah that totally makes sense and like there's a few things in that that completely spark with me one is you know I delivered uh, training financial education training for years and years and years and um, you go and you do a session you leave you never see whether people actually put it into practice and there's Mm, some very shaky evidence about whether anybody ever does. Um, so there have on occasion been times when I've been able to hear back from people who learned something in my session and genuinely put it into practice. And it has really made a difference for them. And that is always so, so powerful. So I really, I really feel you on the getting genuine feedback and seeing the difference it makes. And that is absolutely my jam as well. Um, in fact, I, I got feedback from a listener as well saying, you know, she'd really transformed her relationship with money from listening to this show. And that was just amazing to me. She was much less anxious and more ready to engage in a practical way with her money from listening to this. And I was just so, so delighted. That was, you know, I'm all about the warm and fuzzies and I don't care if it sounds cheesy. I'm, I'm no, just here for no, it. No. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, the other thing, though, I wanted to pick up what you were just saying about the uh, second example of the accountant you talked about, who's a mother, because I think, I don't even know if you realize the long-term impact of that. Stay-at-home mothers um, not being able to work and the career breaks that women have, women end up taking 
as a result of not being able to work flexibly are the biggest cause of women's pension gaps relative mm-hmm. to men. So women's pensions in general, amongst women who have pensions even, so women are less likely to have pensions than men anyway, but women who have pensions because of those career gaps end up with about a third of the amount of pension savings mm-hmm. wow. because they miss out on the contributions and the subsequent investment growth while they're having kids. So any time you can help a mother stay in work, you're having literally a lifelong impact. It's amazing. I mean, thank you for that. And and I'd be lying if I'd say that this was like by design when we started Tax Scouts. But it it was more is that I think it's more about what you learn by, by, by running a business is that kind of the impact that you can have. And once you realize that, then you actually start adjusting your behavior a little bit in terms of, okay, are there ways for us to do more of that, right? So I think this for us, it has been a lucky lucky coincidence. And in that sense, I mean, I'm more than happy to talk about this on on your podcast, etc. But what I just want to be very, very transparent about. It was never the case of Tram Dan and Kalpa sitting down and thinking, okay, what are we going to be doing about this? This is a problem in a society. While I do massively agree that this is exactly, it's a big challenge. We just basically got there by uh, by luck. And that said, once we realized that we are in a such position where we can help people, I mean, this has been like extremely, extremely rewarding experience. But to your previous point is the like getting getting feedback is I, I used to work in a corporate environment back in the day and I remember my boss of my boss of my boss of my boss uh, used to say that tram feedback is a gift and I, I always took this like oh my god this is like one of those typical corporate uh, pardon me BS uh, phrases that is just being said but I think when you genuinely like when you are running a business and it doesn't matter whether you're a solo entrepreneur you're running a bigger business is the i think it quite often gets lost uh, the fact that why are you doing those things because a lot of the times people are not uh, doing things only for the salary and the paycheck that they're getting there right meaning they want to have something rewarding out of it and being able to genuinely to hear back something you know what what you do matters, right? It, it helps people. It sometimes gives you more than you, than you can imagine. So what I would like to do here it, and use this opportunity is that, uh, to ask your listeners that if you're using any kind of service or working with anyone, give feedback. Uh, if someone is great at something, tell them that they are great at something. And it's going to take five, ten seconds out of your day, but it will. there is a chance it will make a significant difference to, if not just this person's day, which it will, but maybe even life. So uh, I would certainly ask people to take giving feedback seriously and not just think of this as a, a corporate cliche of, yeah, feedback is a gift. It genuinely is. Are you plugging that everybody should rate and review us on iTunes? Because we would love that. Like, please, <laughs> everybody get in your podcast apps I and give am, us that five I stars. I, <laughs> I guess I am. I guess I am. I mean, I, you know, Tram, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wanted to talk a bit actually about, because we've talked a lot about the business. I wanted to talk a bit about the customer experience. And, and you have said that, you know, from the customer's perspective, it's very simple. There's a little form, you tick a few boxes. Um, and like, I definitely didn't feel like I was particularly interacting with like a tech company as your customer. I, I was just like, oh, you were the platform that I put some numbers in, uploaded some documents, and you sorted me out with my lovely accountant who saved me a bunch of stress and money. Hi, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> um, so um, can you just talk us a bit through that, that customer experience? Like, what do we, what do we see? Yeah, and I think it's it has well, that has one of those things that has been a conscious choice, right? Meaning is that when we launched tax calls from the get go, we realized that uh, you can do your taxes filling out forms. You go to HMRC if you want to, right? What people need are help, right? What they what they need assistance, and people don't want just another app where things are a little bit more simpler in terms of UI or how things look on the screen, but they're still pretty much doing it themselves. 
they just want this thing sorted. So that for us was a conscious choice. So what we're trying to really to do is the combine those two things, meaning that we, yeah, we do have an app, like as you described, when you sign up, we'll ask a couple of questions, why your taxes? But I mean, in the end, we try to keep it as simple as possible for everyone to ask as little as possible from, from anyone, all kinds of detailed questions, keep the language in, 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 in a way that people understand and do most of the stuff really in the background. I mean, in the end, the person don't care about this, how those things happen. They just want to make sure that they, that they do happen. And in the background, while we kind of take care of the automation process for the accountants and pulling customers information from the government and HMRC and all that stuff is that in the end, the other half of our, of our product really, as I mentioned this, uh, are the accountants, right? So from the perspective of our customers, yes, the interaction is happening online or on platform. We try to kind of not overload them with questions, but in the end, it's about the relationship that they end up building with their personal tax experts, who will, by the way, end up being with them for life. And it's finding the right balance between those uh, those two, right? I mean, we consider ourselves to be a technology platform first and foremost, yes, but from the perspective of the customer, is the what we don't want to be is like this cold, uh, here's an app, figure things out by yourself uh, kind of thing. So 100%. It, this has been one of the few things that we have done by design from the, from the get-go is that the experience, what you're getting in, the, in effect, is that you need to think of us, or I like to think of us, is that like your personal tax advisor in your pocket, if you will, right? Meaning that instead of, you can call them as well, but basically you can do everything on, on, on your app. And rather than thinking of, I'm interacting with the app, you think mentally when you're doing those things uh, on our website, is that you're thinking about, I'm interacting with my with my advisor, right? I'm getting those things. And I think this is the kind of the most important. And we are simply means to an end, right? The platform there is means to an end. And like half of the experience really is, is working working with our advisor. And there is nothing more, more to it. Uh, and I think it has worked really well for us uh, so far. It's like focusing on kind of blending together the, the interaction between the app and the, the accountant. And I'm... Uh, I think in retrospect, it probably has been a right choice for us, uh, mostly because there are plenty of ones or the others, uh, but there are very, very few who are kind of trying to have the best of both worlds, if you will. Meaning is the, we live in the 21st century, everything is happening on your mobile nowadays, there is no reason why it shouldn't, but also to not to lose the human element of it, which I think we quite often do. And uh, that is the kind of the the crucial bit of the experience. Great. So, I mean, the process is super simple. Are there any ways that customers can make this even easier for themselves before they start working with the advisor, with the accountant? Uh, uh, I'm going to say yes, but I don't want to come across as like preachy uh, person oh, sure. saying, no okay, problem. like yeah, keep yeah, yeah. track of your finances, etc. But I think in the end, like part of the reason why we exist is that we like, big chunk of our customers are people who have they're doing it for the first time. They have no idea what they're getting into, right? So if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know where you need help, I mean, come to tax calls. I mean, shameless plug here. <laughs> I mean, this is, this, is, this is what we do. But yeah. in the end, what m makes people's lives easier is just awareness of some basic things. Uh, for example, uh, what is always good for you to know is that uh, you will probably know that you will need to do your taxes uh, because the government tells you this uh, quite often. But I think what is helpful, whenever there is a, uh, what is really helpful to you to understand is a very simple principle of understanding when the odds are that you need to do your taxes. And the principle is very simple. If you earn money uh, in a way that government probably doesn't know about it, uh, meaning, I don't know, uh, you are having a side hustle where you earn a certain amount of money or uh, you, I don't know, you bought and sold crypto or whatever. Basically, income that you earn that's outside of a business as usual, uh, stuff such as your, your salary, odds are you want to check whether you need to do uh, your tax return. Because if you don't, the challenge that you end up facing is that you end up being uh, hit with a nasty surprise two, three, four years later. And that is one of the things that, have, like, it's a really easy thing to check. And sometimes you don't really have to do your taxes, even uh, even if, if you're below certain, 
if you earn less from this side gig that you have in certain amount, etc. But what I'm recommending, do check. That's one. The second thing is the be uh, be aware, especially uh, people who are having uh, side hustles, is that uh, my a lot of, for example, I'm not sure how what's the demographic here uh, of, of listeners, but. Uh, over the last few years, uh, streaming, video streaming has become like massively mainstream, YouTube, Twitch, uh, all that. Uh, those people uh, who were streaming were earning money uh, for streaming and they didn't realize that this has implications uh, in terms of tax. And you ended up having like literally hundreds of thousands of people earning money and there is, oh, this doesn't happen by magic, right? Meaning you said, I need to take care of it. So. That is why I'm saying this is that even you're starting out with something, it doesn't matter what it is, is the you're starting to kind of to save for a pension uh, with, with savings uh, or doing a little bit of side investing Do check. Uh, and yeah. you can always get help. That is not the problem. But the thing, number one, what there is, be aware uh, so that it won't sting you uh, by, by, by a massive surprise. We can put the link to the gov.uk uh, link in the show notes from here um, where you can check whether or not you need to pay taxes on your incomes. So we'll put, we'll put that in the show notes for people so that they can do that check for themselves if this has prompted them, made them think, hmm, perhaps I need to sort this out. <laughs> no, but um, most people don't. Yeah, I think that's a relative. Like 80% yeah, yeah. of the adult population in the UK don't have to do their taxes. That is perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Uh, but I think whenever you think, hmm, maybe I need to do something, then odds are that something triggered you to think about this, uh, then odds are, have a look. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm going to say one of the things that are my tip is do it early. Like one of the reasons we're talking about this at this time of year is if you do your tax year, if your tax year runs with the uh, UK tax year, Actually, this is the point where you have the numbers and you can work out your calculation from last year because last year is finished. So if you get your calculation done now, it actually there's so many benefits to that. It's done. It's not hanging over your head. You're not in a rush to get all the papers together in January. You know, you've got plenty of time to run things by your accountant. Um, if you have questions, you've, you're not trying to hustle all that stuff done in like the last three days of January. Or if you're me back in the day, like at 10 o'clock at night on 31st of January going, oh, my goodness, do I have enough money now to pay this bill that's no. come up? Because I didn't know the how much that was going to be. Um, and if you didn't save enough for whatever reason in the preceding year, you actually then have months to make that back up again you know no judgment we were just talking about first timers you know first timers make all of those mistakes and you know getting started early is the way to not have those mistakes have horrible consequences at the end of the following january when we all have to file and submit and pay yeah and actually i think what i'm gonna do to build on that, I think it's not a tip, but this is something that people don't quite often realize. People don't realize quite often. They assume that filing your taxes and paying for them is the same thing. Uh, it's not. And that is the thing where a lot of people are, okay, I need to do my taxes. And they think if I do my taxes, I also need to immediately pay. Uh, uh, these are completely two separate processes. What you can do is that you can... Like since when April starts, that by the way, the tax year runs from, as you mentioned, from April to April, when the new tax year starts at the uh, 6th of April every every year, this is the moment until from where you have until 31st of January uh, to file and pay for your taxes. And you can do the tax preparation process and tax calculations and tax filing any time during the time. And that does not mean that you have to actually pay uh, the moment you file. But the upside of doing this stuff early, as Martha said, is that you will end up knowing what your tax bill is, right? And the thing is, you do your taxes, I don't know, uh, in the middle of the summer somewhere, and you know exactly how much you need to kind of uh, to save up. I've had so, heard so many stories of, let's say, Uber drivers who are doing double shifts in January because they have no idea what the tax bill is going to be in January, and they just want to make sure that they have enough cash. Uh, but that is really good uh, tip, uh, by the way. I, I I should have thought of it myself. 
Well, here it is. And um, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, I'm talking from experience. I, my husband thinks it, I'm, you know, a little bit weird because I always do my taxes ASAP in April, but it just makes such a difference to my peace of mind to know exactly what I've got to pay when January comes around and I'm ready to actually pay it. So yeah, the, for me, it's been, it's been a huge um, shift uh, and in terms of just my kind of confidence and, and peace of mind. So we are, I think, going to wrap up pretty soon. But you guys have a deal for our listeners, don't you? Yes. Um, you are giving our listeners a 10% off their first return, which uh, takes that already low £119 um, down to an even lower figure, which I should have written onto my notes, but I've completely forgotten to do. <laughs> Around 107 Around 107. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, yes. And they all they have to do is go to taxscouts.com slash squanderlust to get that. So thank you. We're very, very grateful for that offer. That's, um, that's oh, really pleasure. Really it's all ours. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for being such a lovely, lovely guest. Um, I know. Thank you. So thank you for having me. I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a true joy uh, to, <laughs> to be here. No, uh, genuinely, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed the conversation. And I just want to say is that, again, to, to your listeners as well, is that, uh, and this is not with the time to plug tax counts, is that like, if you have any kind of questions, issues regarding uh, taxes uh, in general, I mean, always feel free to reach out, come to our website. I mean, we have a team there uh, who is uh, behind the online chat, for example, that is being able to uh, hopefully answer your question. So do feel, do reach out if you're feeling that, you know what, I'm not entirely sure what those whole thing is about. You can, can get help without necessarily uh, paying for it because in a lot of cases, kind of the stuff that people need is, is really, 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 really basic. And I think uh, we can hopefully help you with that as well. But what I want to say, thank you so much for having me on the show, Martha. It was a really, really, really pleasure. And hopefully thank I was you. able to uh, be useful somewhat. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think you have. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed Squanderlust, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and rate us too. The more stars you give, the happier we get. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Squanderlust is sponsored by Wardour Studios in Fitzrovia, London, with production by David Smith, Charlie Brandon King and Alicia Cunningham. Our theme music is by Wardour Studios and graphic design by Jason Reed. Thanks for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.